0: In this episode of Full Stack Radio, Adam and I talk about screencasting best practices. I tap his massive brain and pull out all of his juicy secrets, and then we get into what's coming up for Tailwind 2. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 150. Adam, what's up?
1: Not much, man. How's it going? It's going pretty well, actually. I'm having a good week. That's good. How's the Florida weather? Oh dude, Florida I'm still I mean as you can
0: see, still tank topping it. So yeah. uh this is probably is like pretty fantastic. peak
1: Florida weather time, like when it's just like nice.
0: This is when like there's nobody that lives here that's complaining about anything, yeah. right? No not one's too like, "Oh, oh god, the humidity." Yes. Love it's it. It's perfect. Yep. It's weather cool. is good. You're in a hoodie, so must yeah, classic it must be kind of
1: cold here, but Definitely, there's no more warm days coming, you know what I mean? Like, we had the <laughs> right. last one. I'm not sure when it was, yeah. but it came and it's gone. <laughs> you you get, like,
0: one bonus day somewhere between now and, and April, right? And yeah, you don't know when, yeah. When you're yeah. going to get like, it, so you can't plan We for might it.
1: get, like, a 65-degree day still, if we're lucky, you know? but I Yeah, don't know. so you
0: get the sprinkler out, and you just go for mm-hmm. it, because... But
1: whatever. <laughs> it's fine. I accept uh, it. Yes. Cool, Yeah. Man. So... Yeah. So
0: hey, I've got an idea of something we can do this episode since we have a little less time than normal. Okay. Uh, I am about to embark on a a lot of video recording. So I'm I'm planning to do like a long, static series of screencasts covering basically every aspect of core development. Yeah. And like I've done a lot of live streaming, I've done a lot of like video stuff before, but they tend to be more one off. So. If I don't love how I did it, it's not a big deal to redo it, so I just like click record, increase my font size, and uh just go for it. But yeah, with how many I'm doing, and then like after this, I've got the radical design course content that's coming as well, so I just i wanna like dial my video like screencasting um game like up to eleven, so I don't find myself hating the decisions I've made like three weeks from now, so yeah. You've done a lot of videos, like way I, more video stuff than me.
1: I made many videos in my day for sure. You've
0: got and you I'm sure you've made mistakes and you've learned and you've gotten better. So
1: I was hoping yes. maybe we could kind of Sounds we could good. break okay. down some tips. Sounds good. I have a lot of tips. Um Yeah. So we could either start by I could just kind of brain dump every tip I can think of and we can talk about them. Or if you have specific questions, we could start there, or we could Kind of, I mean, I think we'll do both, but where to start is the question.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think maybe the the two main areas, I, I guess I would say would be, one would be settings and uh, like, you know, screen resolution, mm-hmm. uh, like font, like IDE stuff, any tips on that. And then the other would be yeah. uh, like planning and like, perf- I don't know if performance feels like the wrong word, but it, it, it's somewhat of a performance. Yeah. So like yeah. actual like tips as far as like the production yeah. part. Okay. Yeah.
1: So many tips. All right. Yeah. So first one on just like getting everything set up. There's a couple elements to it. Like the obvious one is like the screen resolution. That's always the one that everyone wants to know. I I think like different people have different ways of doing it. My preferred way is to change the resolution on my monitor to Mm -hmm. um, 1280 by 720, but it's like the Mac OS retina version of that. So it's like that's how many... Yeah, it's double yeah. that. So that's how much space you have, but everything is like super crisp. So it's actually recording yeah. like a 2560 by 1440, 1440 video. I don't think yep. that option is like available just like looking at the displays thing. But if you open the right. displays settings- you can settings, install. Well, there's this- trick where you hold option and click the scaled radio button and then it switches to like uh, a yes. list of text options instead of like the visual ones. And you will find like the, the 1280 by 721 there. So I always record like totally full screen at that size. And um, I keep like any notes or anything on my laptop screen now i haven't done any screencasting since i started using one computer before i was using like an imac and then i had my macbook and that was actually ideal because that's like separate keyboards separate mouse so if i like have my laptop open on the side while i'm recording i can like scroll around i can move the mouse without moving the mouse on the screen for right so you don't have to worry
0: about like fading like like moving the mouse off the screen and bringing it back and like editing that yeah Mm -hmm. but now Mm -hmm. that i
1: have a my MacBook connected to my computer, I right. think I would have to be a little bit more careful there. I think in a perfect world, if you can use like a totally separate device for your notes, that's better. Um, sure. So that's how i normally have things set up. I know like West Boss records just a portion of his screen. He made like a little template of like a 1080p, like, square and he uses some tool to like have it permanently overlaid on his screen so he just drags that somewhere and he can see like that's like the viewport for the video and so he crops like screen flow to that and then keeps his notes like to the side like on the same screen which i think also can work really well um sounds a little bit trickier to set up than just like i'm recording the full screen yeah i've
0: tried that in the past and like i had it the way i wanted And then I don't remember what happened. I went to record videos later and I couldn't get it quite right again. And Mm -hmm. then I couldn't make a video that I could easily recreate and have it feel like it was part of the same series. Yeah. And I I don't exactly remember whether it was like I got a new machine or what. So, yeah, that. Yeah. It sounds tougher to
1: make a reproducible setup for sure. Again, I haven't tried it. um, So I can't say that it's it's worse. I doubt it's worse. Uh, But for me, just like. Full screen recording, especially because I just use QuickTime to record. So a lot of people okay. use like ScreenFlow or other stuff. And I know ScreenFlow you can like set the dimensions, but with QuickTime you can't. uh Actually, with ScreenFlow can you, or do you just crop after the fact? I'm not. I'm you, not sure. You, but you crop can, after. You can definitely you can it, do something, right? Like very yeah. Precise. You can have it record
0: a specific window, or you could have it record uh, the whole screen. Then you just edit yeah. it later, which is safer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So QuickTime can record a portion of the screen, but it doesn't like tell you like the dimensions as you're like dragging the window size. So you have no (laughs) idea, right? So that's risky. So I would just rather record the whole screen. So that's what I do. I record the whole screen at 1280 by 720, but as retina. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so some other setup tips, Um, computer configuration settings. I always, um, there's a setting under general system preferences for automatically hiding and showing the menu bar. Yes. so i'll set that on so that the menu bar at the top of your screen is hidden which is helpful because that shows like the time and stuff and editing is funky if like you if the time starts like Slipping
0: skipping around and yeah like distracting things, people right? yeah yeah yep. so I,
1: I always hide that um i'll hide the dock. obviously
0: hide the dock yep. yeah yeah yeah
1: i'll usually make apps full screen if i can um so like say I'm making a video where I'm gonna be going between like Chrome and the browser, or sorry, Chrome and um, VS Code <laughs> or whatever. I'll make mm-hmm. both of them full screen. Um, and the trick that I really like that I don't see a lot of people doing is when you switch between full screen apps on macOS by default, it does that like swipe animation, right? Which yeah, I feel which like is junky for too screen much. Yeah. So yep. if you go into the accessibility settings, there's a setting called reduce motion, which is like the same setting that you would use to like it maps to that like um, prefers reduced motion media query on the web, right? Yeah. So if you enable that, then when you swipe between screens, all it does is subtly fade one out and fade the other one in in place. Slick. So there's no actual nice. movement, which is really key. So I always enable that for um, my screen recordings. So you'll you'll
0: sw- do like the four finger swipe on instead the track of pad. like an alt tab. Okay. You can
1: do that, or I, or I'll just do command tab, um, and it'll still do the same transition um i do command tab a lot but the nice thing if you can build up that discipline of not doing it is you always have stuff open that's like not being used and it's always kind of weird to flash people with like a list of like your open apps right especially yeah, if you like have like your screen notes flow. and stuff open on the same app on a separate screen or whatever now it's like yeah screen flow is there your editor you, is there you've, you've your notes like- is there <laughs> It's like the great and
0: powerful Oz, you've gone behind the curtain yeah. And you can exactly. see how the sausage is being made and uh-huh. it's gross.
1: So so yeah. if you can just um, swipe, that's nicer, I think. Uh, okay. keeps it a little bit smoother. Um, for like the text editor, I, I usually, I don't remember the exact settings that I was using in the past, but usually it's just like, I'll make a test recording. I'll shrink it down to like the size of a YouTube player and just like watch it and trial and error until i find like some settings that are good there um one thing that i do yeah sorry go ahead
0: uh one tip i heard i did i did uh a little tweeter tweeter twitter research yesterday and and a tip that i hadn't thought of is someone recommended setting your word wrap gutter to 80 80 characters and then like bumping up your font size until that hit the right edge of the screen
1: Mm, that's it that's a pretty good one
0: that's that could be that could work yeah Yeah, yeah yeah
1: that's good That seems like a good little rule of thumb to, like, find approximately the right size. Yeah. Um, The other thing I'll do is I'll pick a theme that has really high contrast because I find, at least with the tools that I use, like, I record with QuickTime and then edit in Reaper. um, Every time I export a video, the colors are a little bit more washed out than they were, like, when I was actually working. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I I try to have to sort of compensate for it with... um, a higher contrast theme usually. Um, Got it. So that helps. Yeah, it's that
0: color profile stuff that kind of sucks. Yeah, that no one yeah. truly
1: really understands. <laughs> so, yeah. yep, I'll do that. And I think, like, from a technical, like, setup perspective, like, that's basically it. I know, like, a lot of people like to record audio and video separately for things. I always do audio and video at the same time, but that's more of like a performance topic thing and we could get into that because a lot of separate tips there so um yeah any other technical stuff that uh you are have questions about or can think of that we didn't touch on uh i think that is
0: the basic the, the one other thing the one other approach i was considering doing uh instead of the full screen is going with a slightly wider resolution and having just a tiny bit of margin outside the windows, like just for stylistic reasons, mm. like like uh, Caleb Porzio does that. And I think it looks really kind of friendly, um, yeah. especially if what you're doing isn't all about the code, right? If it's all about the code and you sometimes pull open the browser just to make sure like, oh yep. yeah, it's not broken, um, it kind of shows you more like your workflow. Like, yes, you're using a computer. Instead of, yeah, like I think here. that's good.
1: Um, Simon did that for like the tailwind videos that he put out recently where you can see like the wallpaper in the background, yeah, um, like just a little bit, just yeah, a little bit, yeah, um, yeah. I think that could be a good approach. You sacrifice like some space, right? Some work there, yeah, space, for yeah. sure.
0: You sacrifice a little bit and you go, I guess, instead of going 720, you go like 900p, right? You just go like one notch higher, yeah.
1: I think I would probably still record at 720p, it would just make the windows smaller. Whew. But I mean,
0: I'm not even sure like Statomic is going to not switch into mobile mode. Well, at that's that what point. I mean, right? Like, that's why it's
1: a little <laughs> yeah. uh, tough. I'll also do like um, for the last set of screencasts I did, I did split screen. So, like, Mac OS has that split screens feature no one uses where you can set like two full screen apps side by side. Um, oh yeah, does it, I don't even know how to do that anymore. You, you have to like hold the maximize button, and then like a little uh-huh. pop up comes up. Um, mm. this feels like, like 2014 over over again. Like, These yeah. new features. I don't know. It's it's cool, but okay. I use that with like this app called Sizzy on the right, which is like a browser for responsive design that has yep. this Zen mode, which is nice because it hides all the browser stuff. And um, then the editor on the left, and it auto zooms. So I, I could like say, "Oh, I want to show like what the design looks at, at a th- like at a thousand pixels wide," and it'll just like zoom out. Um, uh, which is that's good. what you're doing in like the um, the what was it the
0: the view components series the, uh,
1: maybe maybe. Maybe. Yes. Because you had um, this yes. really
0: like minimal browser yeah. Yeah. that I could uh-huh. never figure out what it is you were doing. I don't know
1: if I used Sizzy in that or if it was just Chrome with like in full screen so, mode, but mm, I, I was know. doing the split screen for that too. Yeah. And and that works well because you don't have to switch between stuff. But when you're doing like big full screen design stuff, it's pretty hard. Um, yeah. Like to for make the, that work. the
0: radical design course stuff, I'm going to be in Sketch. And if you're, if you're, screen is less than like twelve hundred pixels wide, like your artboard, like it just it yeah. becomes garbage. So I think
1: you'll have to be like toggling like the the menus on and off a lot and like <laughs> yeah. stuff like yeah, that.
0: Yeah I might need to get one of those streamer like keypads and then like map keystrokes
1: to yeah, it or something. So you don't have Just, to, like, memorize these shortcuts you never actually need when you're working yeah, on a big Command screen. alt option
0: like or the the keystrokes I hate the most are where there are sequences. So it's like command D, command s or yeah, something. Yeah 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 like, I'm not gonna remember that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so that I think is everything I can think of in terms of the actual um, technical setup I guess like there's like the whole microphone and gear kind of thing that everyone yeah
0: I think I feel like I qualify as figuring as having had figured that out already mm-hmm. the fact yeah, that I, think I don't so. sound like garbage in this podcast yeah.
1: yeah I think for anyone else wondering the trick to good audio is to get a good enough microphone that's probably not a condenser microphone unless you're in a really controlled environment Mm -hmm. i think like that audio technica atr 2100 or something is like the hundred dollar one that sounds like quite good all things considered Yep. yep um and then try to record in a room that doesn't have a lot of echo so that usually is like in your closet like you are right now or um you know, a room with carpet is going to be better than a room with hardwood floors. Uh, in, in my you, old house, you, I used to just like take like moving blankets and just like hang yeah. them up on like things I could hang them up on. And every little yep. thing like that like helps tremendously. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. You're, you are bagging on my office right now, which I can't record in. <laughs> It can't yeah. be done.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but things sound great in the closet. So, oh sure, yeah, yeah.
0: Just after about forty-five minutes, it's that's why I'm wearing that's why i yeah. tank tops in here. Yeah. It gets stifling. Most
1: closets aren't uh, climate controlled. So. No, yeah. there is a vent right here,
0: but I forget to turn the AC yeah. on before I come in. Uh, but yeah, uh, or if you want to sound exactly like both Adam and I, you can get a short SM7B. That's right.
1: That's what we use. That's, if that's... you want to be like the pros, or so like Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should use. Um, that's it. And famously Michael Jackson. That's right. So, on thriller.
0: That's it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that that is good. Thank you. I, I appreciate those specs. I will actually go back and re listen to this episode and jot all the notes down so Sounds I don't forget good. anything important. Um so, and then so the flip side mm-hmm, is any tips and tricks whilst recording? Whilst recording.
1: Wow, so I confused. have a bunch of these too. So yeah. a couple of subtle ones: one, disable the flashing cursor in your text editor. So like, where like your uh, mouse, where duh. the cursor is while you're typing, yes. switch to the solid one, because editing is so much easier. Because otherwise, when you're editing, it'll just be like unnaturally flickering. It'll Someone flicker, like, yeah. When you're when but you're a, chopping it up, if you just use the solid one, you're good. Yeah. Um, so that's super key. Uh, another thing similar to that is when you're doing anything in the browser. Try and build a habit of like avoiding ever leaving something focused that has a cursor. So like if you're working on designing a form and there's an input Mm -hmm. field and you click in it to show something, if you're going to like start talking a lot to explain something, get out of it immediately (laughs) so that like that cursor is not flashing because you can't control that cursor. So that one's harder to edit. Another one is like just get in the habit of hiding the actual mouse cursor. So people probably know this instinctively, but don't like know it. If you just ask them, but hitting escape in most applications hides the mouse cursor. So, like, if you're in Chrome, clicking around and you like hit escape, hmm, doesn't work in Chrome. Hmm, where does it work? It definitely works in like your text editor. So, in like hmm. VS Code, if you hit escape, the cursor it will. It
0: does. Look at hide. that magic trick. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, get in the habit of like never leaving your mouse cursor visible when at all possible, because. That's another thing that just tends to be in a different place between edit points. And if it just jumps, like it always kind of looks dumb.
0: And so you want time. the
1: screen to be as static as possible um, for editing purposes. Uh, so that all kind of ties in with like hiding the menu bar too, right? It's just like removing things that could be like changing on their own. <laughs> um, right, right.
0: But some of it, like to, to your point, is, is behavioral. There isn't a setting for move your mouse out of the way. No, it's right?
1: like... Habits you have to drill into your head to like make yeah. the editing process easier. Do you um, find
0: that you leave a lot of these settings? This is just like your default mode now, so that when you yeah. <laughs> when you record, you don't have to go flipping uh, them around. At least for
1: like the mouse cursor, like the flashing cursor in in my text editor. Um, yeah, that's not a big deal. Yeah, I keep that disabled all the time. And then the menu I do show, but that's like easy to hide. Um, something mm-hmm. I don't know if this is fixed, but a bug I noticed for a while is if you change the that preference in macOS to like hide the menu bar while chrome is open it would cause chrome to like spin up in cpu usage um <laughs> okay. you had to quit chrome and restart it for it to like behave Interesting. um so i got in the habit of always like quitting chrome putting all my settings in place and then reopening chrome because you don't want to be like recording a video and have like some like crazy cpu leak happening somewhere that's like now competing for cycles with the screen recording because that's already like the most expensive thing you can make your computer do, right? Yeah, um, exactly.
0: Not to mention possibly some hard to cut out noise from the yeah, fan going wh- crazy. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, no <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking oh, of. Oh boy, that a real memory hog. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I forgot to unplug my office fridge, which always turns on in the middle of podcasts and it sounds loud. So, huh. Well, Just I haven't to heard it yet. Now. So there's mm-hmm. that. Mm. Um, Okay, so other behavioral things, I think like the other thing that not a lot of people do is optimizing just just optimizing all your behavior for making editing easy, because like you can't just like edit anything into anything, you know, like you have Mm -hmm. to have an editable source. So I have like a video up on Vimeo or on YouTube that's like a raw screencast of mine with no editing which i think for anyone interested in this topic is worth watching because you can see what like the what the real time recording process was like so for for me the biggest thing is i will always anytime i stop talking Whenever I start again, I make sure to repeat the last couple of words from what I said before because that allows you to make the edit natural because, like, now the gap between the last word you said and, like, the start of the next sentence is going to be the right length. If you had to breathe in between there, that'll sound natural. So, like, mm. I might be recording something and I'll be like – I don't know. Let me – what's, like, something for a Tailwind video? would be like, if we open the config file, you can see at the bottom, this is where we have the list of variants that we can configure for all the different pseudo class variants we might want to generate. So – After I say that, I'll Mm -hmm. usually be thinking for a second, okay, so what's the next thing that I want to say? And I know in the back of my head, like, variance to generate is, like, the last thing that I said. Mm -hmm. So before I start the next thing, I'll be like, variance to generate. Now, if we head over to the browser and hit refresh, we can see. So if you listen, it's always like that. I always have, like, the last three words of the previous Mm -hmm. sentence repeated every single time. And then when I edit, I can just, like, basically line up I find like the last word and sort of line them up from the two takes and then trim it right there. And then it always sounds like smooth and natural. So like most of my screencasts sound like I just had had one take that was like perfect from beginning to end because they've all been like recorded in this way. When really like a five-minute screencast might be like a 35-minute recording. And Mm -hmm. I might say like the same sentence a hundred times. Like that's the other thing. Um, If I make a mistake, I'll just take a second and say the same thing over again. So I'm always recording in as small chunks as I can think of because I want my editor state to be like (laughs) recreatable, right? Yeah. And I also don't want to show the mouse in between. So a lot of this, again, is tricky and just involves like a lot of habits. But if I make a mistake when typing, I'll try to make sure that I can get back to the state I was in with just the keyboard. So just like undoing, making sure the Mm -hmm. mouse cursor is hidden before I start, making sure I didn't scroll the window. That's like big no-no never scroll because you'll (laughs) never never be able to recover the (laughs) scroll position and sometimes you can't do that and 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 when i can't get it perfect i'll just try to find a place where you can do a little crossfade and it's not like too noticeable yeah Um, but that's the super key one is just like repeating what you said and um Like repeating whole sections. Like the way I record a screencast is not like do ten takes and keep the best take of the screencast. It's like do twelve takes of this sentence, then seventy two takes of this sentence, and it's always the very last one that's that was the good take because I know when I got it right.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't do it again.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it ends up being pretty quick to edit. You just kind of look for the big gaps and you know, okay, that's where like I took a break, so I can delete everything. You I just, just like, to rip, listen, ripple at it,
0: yeah, to the last, yeah, ripple at it, ripple at yeah. it, yeah. yeah, done,
1: yeah, a hundred percent. Nice. So
0: that is uh, really good advice. Yeah, that I probably is my wouldn't have done trick. that. I know a- I've a- done. Otherwise, it ten just takes. feels
1: like you have to throw the whole take, right? Because like, yeah, I've been there, yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Like, Screencasting oh, is so hard, close. man. Like, I don't know. I like, I think like I've got a pretty good workflow now to the point where I can. uh I haven't done one in a little while, but. When I was in the middle of like my view course, there were some days where I did like eight or nine screencasts in a day, including recording and editing, um, because it usually doesn't take like, yeah, five minute thing might take 30 minutes, but that's still pretty good, you know, compared to like, like yeah, to have like an
0: actually useful piece of training material when you're done. Right. Yeah.
1: And maybe it takes like an hour and a half, including like editing or an hour, um, but yeah. I usually do them in batches too if I can. Like I might do like three or four and then edit all of them. Um, I find if you leave all the editing till the end, like that's not good because um, you'll usually you make might be mistakes able to- that you didn't realize you made. Yeah, uh, you can
0: fix them and prevent them from happening next time.
1: Like something I've had to do many, 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 many times is I'll be editing a video and I'll hear myself just like use the wrong word for something. Or I'll say like margin instead of padding or something. And I didn't notice at the time. And I'm like, shit, okay, how am I going to fix this? So I'll record the audio separately. I'll basically hit record. In the tool that I use, like I don't know how well this works in ScreenFlow, but in Reaper, which is what I used to edit podcasts and all sorts of other stuff, um, you can like, listen to the recording while you're recording another track. Right. So I'll just Mm -hmm. like have like a looping section. That's like a little bit longer than the section I need to overlap. And I'll just listen to it while it's recording on loop and just try and like memorize my own rhythm for what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So I will be like, and then we have to add PT for padding top. And then we have to add PT for padding top. And I can hear myself in my headphones. and I'm trying to match like the exact cadence (laughs) that I was saying it. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll delete like 50% of the stuff at the edges Um, And then just cut in like the couple words that were right. But because I said more than that, like the transition ends up being natural and smooth. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I definitely end up recording like overdubs of like mistakes of things I said wrong after the fact uh, once in a while. And that is the best way that I've found to do that. Sometimes you have to do crazy things like to get an edit smooth, I might have to take like a chunk of the video where I wasn't doing anything because I was just talking And I will, like, duplicate it and stack it after each other to, like, avoid me moving the mouse cursor in one spot. Sure. Um, (laughs)
0: Like, absentmindedly or whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Or just anything to sort of almost, like, stretch that, like, that static image. You know what I mean? So that, like, when I tab to the browser or whatever, um, I can do that with just, like, a crossfade. And it looks like I just kind of did it more naturally, you know? so. Yeah, a lot of I little, edit in, yeah, in Premiere tough.
0: Pro, and that stuff is not
1: not hard to add a freeze mm-hmm. frame. And, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah super helpful. Nice. Um, so that's like I think all the stuff I can think of. Honestly, I think um, that covers all my screencasting advice.
0: That's huge. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure somebody listening will also appreciate it as well. Uh, I hope so. So yeah, I mean that that's what I'm that's what I'm headed into right now is like getting all this stuff i'm probably gonna start recording tomorrow and uh i've got the outline i think it's like 42 videos for static and then i've got oh, like That's significantly more than that for radical design course so what this is, is like the, basically
1: the static one is like for dynamic developers, did you say? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. We need video, like training material, just to walk, like how to build a blog and how to add search and build a, you know, contact form and all that stuff. Actually, walk through all of the, you know, the core mm-hmm. parts of the app and uh, cool. and how you know how to do it. And actually, you know, for all the visual learners who don't read yeah. the manual,
1: which is half of them. Sounds good, man. So when are you <laughs> supposed to start?
0: Uh, gonna start recording tomorrow.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, and I'll probably, I mean, the the cycle to releasing those will be pretty short. They'll probably only lag maybe a day behind yeah. one or two, right? There's no reason to just, like, hold them back. I'm not selling them. They're just part of our mm-hmm. documentation, so.
1: Where are you going to, are you just going to, like, embed them into the docs? Like, is there, like, one per docs page or per kind of chunk of the docs? Do they sort of map to, like, existing documentation or is it, like, new?
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm trying to think about it, like, I wanted to cover all the main. I want videos to cover all the main pages of the docs, but I also want the videos to work on their own and also build towards like a fully fleshed-out site. Because I feel like you should be able to kind of mm-hmm. cover everything more or less, and that way you could watch them in sequence and and see the entire project it built. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a little bit of both. I'm sure there'll be some one-offs. And, and some alternates so like, here's how to deploy static with, you know, like, static site generator in Versal or Netlify. But here's how you do it with Forge or the new DigitalOcean yeah. app platform and whatever. So, like, that's, yeah. that sequence would be really mm-hmm. awkward if you were sequencing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and then I haven't decided. I'm probably going to put them on YouTube because we have uh a fair amount of subscribers and when they go up they'll be able to just alert them that they're new videos but they will also be embedded in the docs as well
1: sounds good yeah yeah youtube man uh we got that youtube channel going and it's been going well i'm pretty excited about that
0: yeah you guys picked up a lot of traffic pretty quickly
1: yeah it's uh i don't know what we're up to i think like at least like 3,000 subscribers or something which is pretty rad um i didn't realize like how aggressive the advertising is on YouTube because I use like an ad blocker, but when I watch YouTube videos on my phone, which I don't normally do, but I've been doing a little bit more lately. Yeah, I cannot believe how aggressive oh the ads yeah. are.
0: I have YouTube Premium because I can't handle it. Like I don't want my kids to be watching.
1: Yeah, these is that ads. disableable? Like as like a a YouTube creator or is. As-
0: If you have monetization on, there's nothing you can do about it. But if you disable monetization, you will usually not have ads in front of your videos. Usually,
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes me want to like self host, not self host, but like maybe put them on Vimeo and create like a section of our site where we just have like our own video experience. But there's something so nice about just like being able to upload a video to YouTube and it just like lands in the feed. You know, we don't have to like organize it as much you know? And, it's, right. and you it doesn't feel like it a mess to a playlist. It's, yeah, we can add it to a playlist if we want, but some videos, like, don't really fit in a playlist, and that's fine. They're just, like, in yeah. the list of uploads, you know? And it's no big yeah. deal. And they're super
0: uh, searchable. Like, obviously, Google factors all that stuff in with SEO, so putting mm-hmm. your stuff on YouTube is pretty huge. Uh, I think yeah. it would be dumb to not do that. Although, with the Radical Design course, since all those videos will be paywalled, I mean, that's the whole kind of point i might end up doing vimeo with that because it's a different audience you know yeah. it's a different different use case mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see well what's up with you man that's what's up with me what's up with tailwind you guys have been crazy busy lately
1: and yeah it seems so, like i guess like we released the tailwind playground since the last one i think we oh, talked yeah. about it on it yeah I, it I mean out yet i got to see it early which i'm like yeah oh, perked Perks of the co-host position. uh, So we put that out. That was like our big kind of release for the last kind of cycle of work. And um, that got a crazy ton of attention, which is cool. And uh, people are making stuff with it. Like, uh, why don't I pull up the old database here and we can see how many things are in there. Here we go. There are (laughs) (laughs) 2,969 playgrounds which doesn't sound like a lot but we don't allow duplicates to be stored in the database so if someone tries to save like something someone else has already made or they just try to save like the demo it'll um it'll not store like a new hash so sure those are all unique which is kind of cool and it's actually a lot when you think about it mm -hmm. yeah and uh, people seem to be liking it a lot we we haven't done a good job of like Linking to it from the doc site or anything yet, but uh, you'll get there, get on that eventually. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, it's really slick. I
0: love the IntelliSense integration, is huge. I think that sets it apart from every other tool I've
1: used in a browser. Yeah, like the live updating as you like hit up and down through the autocomplete, you don't even have to like hit enter to see like the change in color or padding or whatever. It lets you just like it's like designing in the browser with your arrow keys, basically. Yeah, um.
0: It's fantastic. It's kind of like
1: the experience you get in like that Chrome DevTools little class panel, but like better because it's in the right order and um, (laughs) and it's only Tailwind, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good. So super stoked with that. Great job, team. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now uh, we this last week we started working on like our next work cycle, which is basically release Tailwind two. That's like the big thing. So i have been working on all things related to that uh of course i underestimated how much work it would be just to like you know when you're g- hitting a breaking release there's so much like uh am i sure that's every tiny little thing that i want to change because this is like my only chance to make a couple little changes yes, yes adam i'm very yeah. aware of what
0: it's like yeah to-
1: <laughs> so we are not making them we're not making many changes really um Uh, Like no class names are changing at all, I don't think, except for the we changed like call gap to gap X and row gap to gap Y. But we already changed that like before 2.0, but we just have been shipping both versions for a while, but not documenting the old ones. So I don't think that's going to be like a really significant change for most people. And it's like super Mm -hmm. easy to find and replace to change that one. But we're not changing any other class names. Um, So the only other breaking changes are super minor it's like uh in your config file you know how you could set like a default border color by saying like default and then the color yeah. that sort of thing yep any place in the config where we were using like default to be like a special word that meant something like it meant like don't add a suffix to the class name we've replaced that with default in all caps so that it like stands out and the only uh, reason it looks we more like did a that constant yeah yeah and we did it because there's some Utilities where you actually want to use the word default. So, like, we already have a class called Cursor Default, for example, that sets like the cursor sure. to default because mm-hmm. default's a real value for that. So, it always felt kind of weird that default meant different things depending on like the yeah. utility. Yes. Um, so, this felt like worth it because it's just like a go through and uppercase a couple things, and most people probably won't have to do anything because it's surprisingly like it's surprising how few people actually customize like the config a lot you know (laughs) oh it's just me (laughs) yeah (laughs) just me most of those changes are just like (laughs) being changed automatically in the default config so if you haven't overridden them you won't even have to change it anyways um let me see like what other stuff are we are we doing here open up. that's a very
0: very logical breaking change for like a 2.0 so
1: yeah it just makes it a little bit better um and more predictable uh, mm-hmm. We dropped IE11 support. Actually, that's like the biggest breaking change. I I applaud that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not even like a breaking change in like the way that it, it's it's a breaking change, but it's like not like oh now I have to do a bunch of work to upgrade to to and 2.0. It's like you either can upgrade and you, <laughs> it takes no work, or you can't upgrade. Um,
0: right. Right. Or you can uh, pitch in and build the – I guess it wouldn't be a polyfill, but like a, a preset, right? Yeah, yeah. So I sure.
1: toyed with this idea. Like you can totally – like we have this presets feature in Tailwind now where you can say like instead of extending the Tailwind defaults, extend like my own defaults. And because of how like plug-inable the Tailwind stuff is, you can actually take like one of our utilities that doesn't work in IE11, like our transform stuff – is designed in an IE11 incompatible way. You could literally just like disable those plugins as part of your preset and include your own plugins that's like IE11 scale, IE11 rotate, IE11 translate, that are less powerful, but actually work in IE11 instead of doing nothing, which is what ours sure. currently do. Right. And those could still read from like the same theme keys and stuff, you know? So you wouldn't have to do, you'd basically just be like ripping out the core plugin, and swapping in a polyfill instead. Yeah. And if someone just builds that and maintains it, you know, it's like transparent to the end user. So gotcha. we might do that, or I might just say someone else do that if you care, because um, I don't care about my own sites. Um, it yeah. makes Tailwind to smaller too, because like we used to ship for every color utility, we have to convert the colors to RGBA, so we could have like a variable portion for the opacity, because we use CSS variables to let you like yep. change the opacity on a color. But because that doesn't work in I11, we'd ship the hex code directly behind Uh it as a fallback. And um, the color is like the biggest part of the whole build. So every single color had an extra declaration. And even with purge CSS, it would keep it because purge CSS only deletes the whole class. It doesn't like delete parts of the class. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. now
1: it'll be even smaller in that regard, although it's bigger <sighs> in other ways because we're adding more things to it. <laughs> well, um, a couple extra colors, a couple this, a couple that. We're actually Dude. shipping less colors. So oh,
0: you've extract you're, you're extracting them and making them opt in, right? Mm-hmm, So yes, that's right. We've talked about that.
1: N- the new defaults are gray, red, yellow, green, blue, purple, and pink, which is still like quite a big default color palette, like more than you would probably need for a real app. Sure. Um, like good for just like prototyping some fun stuff or whatever. But the complete color palette that we have available but not like enabled by default that you can like pick from is like rose, pink, fuchsia, purple, violet, indigo, blue, light blue, cyan, teal, emerald, green, lime, yellow, amber, orange, red, warm gray, true gray, gray, cool gray, and blue gray. So, And we're going to probably add more to that and build it out more over time too. Um, you,
0: you guys realize you've just re like you've invented the new web safe color palette. Yeah, like, this will now become the most common colors used on the internet mm-hmm. for like 2021
1: to 2024. Yeah. It's cool though. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So we, the colors that we cut, I guess, if you want to look at it from that perspective, is we no longer ship indigo by default or orange or teal. So cutting three colors helps a lot and helps mm-hmm. make up for some of the other in, in, like extensions that we've added so like the spacing scale is a little bit deeper now it used to end at 64 now we've added 72 80 and 96 so you have a couple extra big sizes and we also filled in some of the lower end gaps so like we didn't used to have seven or nine but we do now and we also added 0.5 1.5 2.5 and 3.5 which i i'm sad about that we had to name them with decimals in them but it was better than like breaking the entire spacing scale and like
0: yep i often you know. have 0.5s in my configs so i'm used to it
1: i kind of like it because it it's kind of like sticks out and kind of makes you second guess like do i really right. need this like you should only really be using it when you're really trying to fine-tune something well you're trying you know. to get
0: like one one border to line up on top of another one yeah. for like a drop like a you know a drop element or something yeah i mean totally. you, it does get down to the one pixel yeah sometimes but mm-hmm. usually not
1: yeah so we did that i uh I added a couple extra big font sizes, so I think it goes up to like 128 pixels for the biggest font now, because that's kind of okay. Yeah, I always have a bigger trend. one. So,
0: dude, my my, I'm gonna be probably customizing Tailwind less lately. Oh, hang on, do I remember correctly? We did added you guys, rotate guys add one the tr-
1: and rotate yeah. two and rotate three? Uh, uh, just did you go
0: one, two, and three? We have let me And see. negative one, two, negative negative one, two, and three.
1: Yeah, we have. Uh, negative six. Okay. Well, besides the 45 degree ones, which we always had, we have negative Mm -hmm. six, negative three, negative two, negative one, and then one, two, three, and six. Okay. So it goes like one, two, three, six, 12, 45, 90, 180. Yeah. And we added the same thing for skew. So you can have like skews and rotates that match if you need
0: it. That's Um, pretty great. mm -hmm. I sometimes go as much as four and five, but less often you can add
1: those ones yeah it's fine i don't mind yeah um <laughs> we added like um spacing values to certain plugins that didn't have them like so you know how for like top right bottom and left Tailwind just ships with like zero and auto yeah for, like absolute positioning stuff so we've added the whole spacing scale there plus some relative sizes now so you can do like top one half or I left always one do half. that too. Look at that. Yeah. This is mostly stuff that's like I looked at all the customizations we had to make for Tailwind UI and just like poured it over like sure. 99% of it. Because to me, that's like, well, if we needed it there, then we probably need it by default. Right. And vice versa. Like if we didn't need it there, we probably don't need it by default because the kind of the battle I was fighting today is um I was a little like sloppy with how I set things up in terms of just like. I tried to just take broad strokes and just say, okay, what if I put all the sizes in the spacing scale and all the percentages? So, like, you know how we have, like, with one half, with three quarters, with nine twelfths, whatever. If I take Mm -hmm. all those fractions and just put them in the spacing scale so that everything that depends on the spacing scale gets those, um, can we get away with it? Because it's simpler. Now you don't have to worry that, like, okay, how come, like, margin has this value but padding doesn't? Or how come top has... Or how yeah. come you know like uh, width has nine twelfths, but left only goes up in quarters? I've been doing that since Tailwind yeah. point ten. Super annoying, yeah. but uh, in doing that, with the added breakpoint that we added, and by adding dark mode, which I've realized we're just going to keep disabled by default because I we're going to make it super easy to enable. Just like a, one change in your config file, just change dark false to like dark media or dark class. Because mm-hmm. there's two like dark mode strategies. Um, but with all that stuff added, that spacing stuff was like adding up a lot. And it was creating classes that just made no sense at all. So, like, you know how we have like SpaceX 4 and stuff for like spacing things out in lists? <laughs> yeah. You'd get, like, you'd get like negative SpaceX three quarters, which is like <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> You That's know? a good band name, though. I call it <laughs> negative SpaceX three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Elon Musk's kid's name, I think. Um, or, or like, a, you know, like grid gap, right? So you'd have like gap um, 11 twelfths. Like what? You can't have a percentage yeah. gap in a yeah, grid. You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. So I just decided like that was adding too much bloat. Like when I, when I did like my super generous Tailwind build, I wanted to see like if I just jam in everything that I think I would ever want, like, What's the build where Adam Wathen is never gonna to touch the config file as long as he's happy with the default colors? I built that uh-huh. config file and it was ten point one megs. And <laughs> <laughs> okay and I was it, like, you know and I thought, okay, um it's just development mode though, right? And it gets purged. Like we're already sure, past yeah. the point of no return with purge. You have to purge your CSS with Tailwind. Like that's a requirement.
0: 100 percent Why why even why are we even fighting the battle anymore? Yes.
1: So though. The problem is you open that up in a site and you open Chrome DevTools and you go to like select an element and then it takes three seconds for the like the inspector yeah. to find the right styles. Because why wouldn't Ooh. it take that long? Because the fucking CSS file is three times the si- size of RAM yeah. that I had in my first computer. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so, oh, um, gosh. so I spent today just like. uh, <laughs> uh Yeah that's great (laughs) that's what's gonna happen uh, I spent today like surgically cutting things out of the config that were not necessary so even though we have like fractions that go from like halves to thirds to quarters to fifths to sixths to twelfths by default for like the top left bottom right stuff I audited like what do we actually use in Tailwind UI because if we don't use it in Tailwind UI like we probably don't need it by default at least because like Tailwind UI is like Quite a lot of designs in there. There's like 300 components in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. It's like to us, it's a good test of like is is something if something's not used in there, like we probably don't need it by default. So for like top left, bottom, and right, the most we ever went up to was like quarters. So we might have like left three quarters, but we never had like left left five sixths or left eleven twelfths. No, because you're gonna go
0: right negative one sixth or something instead, right? I don't know.
1: I don't even know. We just never we just never had a denominator higher than four. So in sure. the default config, I just only go halves, thirds and quarters for that one. So okay. it means that like every plugin or every utility kind of has like, a not a not it's a unique scale, but they're all kind of like, they're like supersets of each other or subsets of each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, but some of them are deeper than others. Like widths is the only one that goes all the way up to 12ths, but nothing else does. And um, I think that's fine. I was originally was a little nervous that it meant like now like it feels like yeah you to can't build like a mental model. Well, it it, it, mm. just, it feels like okay. I learned the thing for widths, so and now I expect that to be the same everywhere. But now it's not. You know, it's like it. It yeah. to me, it feels like almost as if like for text color, we spelled gray with an A, and for background color, we spelled gray with an E. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like. like yeah, It would just be sort of dumb. but I think in I reality still change it. <laughs> <laughs> I still change it back to an E. <laughs> Love the A. America. You live uh, in Florida. I you're don't supposed know. to spell it with an A. I'm broken. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I think the way we've done it will be fine. I don't think anyone's going to notice that they don't have like margin left nine-twelfths, you know what I mean? I think everything that you're going to try and type will be there so you'll feel like they're all the same even though they're not um yeah that's the important part yeah so i've got the default build down from 10.1 megs to 3.04 megs which is still fucking big but it's not big enough to uh bring the browser to a halt Um, yeah it's,
0: it's fine it's fine
1: here's a question for you this is the thing i'm debating right now and you can like inform this decision um you know how until in Tailwind gradients, there's like three color stops. There's like from, via, and to. I don't know if you've used mm-hmm. these yet, or if I you're have. still using your own. Do you yeah. use the middle gradient? Um, like the via? Yeah,
0: I've used via once. Okay. Um, I like that it's there. Are you considering removing it?
1: I'm considering removing it because like every time we add a class that's based on the colors, that's like a huge balloon yeah. in file size. But here's the um, thing.
0: So you you would limit yourself to only having gradients of two colors,
1: is that correct? From and two, and maybe we'd have like a. Th- you could bring back via with a with a plugin if you wanted to, but. Um, yeah, I just
0: feel like the the now this could be my assumption just based on, you know, finger in the air, but the the Tailwind plugin game is like like one percent. Right, like people using plugins in Tailwind projects right now is like a probably very small minority. Most people just going would usually customize the config over adding a plugin. Um, And so, if you can, if you eliminate the possibility of having a three-color gradient, that just like brings your possibilities out of the box like down a lot. Um, It does,
1: but I'm still not convinced it's needed. But uh, here's the thing. There's other utilities I want to add that are based on color. So, for example, and this is probably something that you've wanted for your sites, changing like the highlight background color when you select text. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I just write one line of CSS for that, though. Yeah, but some people are scared to do that, man. They're just like, if it's not in Tailwind, I can't do it. If it's not in Tailwind by default, I can't do it.
0: No, for me, that's like one line, and I just do apply... You know, or use like theme, like theme the mm-hmm. theme function, and and do it that
1: way. Yeah, um, but imagine I mean, you just had like a class where you could just say like selected colon bg red five hundred selected colon. It's like text a global white.
0: thing, though. You would probably put it on your body tag and be done with it, right?
1: Uh, maybe usually maybe. you might want to do it for different sections of the site. Like I was looking at the Framer website the other day, and uh, for different sure. sections yeah. that have like different. Um, I you think, can anyways. It based on yeah, they have a very colorful. It's like site. blue at the top, and then it's like, uh, it's it's yeah, it's pretty much blue everywhere actually. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, if
0: I had to pick between the two, I would I would go, uh, I would take the gradient via. Okay. Because like, then right. I'm going to go back to having to write. Like I've stopped. I've actually stopped making gradients in, in CSS, and I just use tail gradients now. Yeah. Um, but now i have to go, not always, but I would still find myself going back to, okay, well, how do you do the linear gradient thing again? Like mm-hmm. Google it, copy, paste, tweak. Okay. Um,
1: All right. But, you know,
0: I, I don't think eh, that's, I am yeah. probably an outlier with what I do visually. And that's kind of my thing. But
1: maybe I'll fine. just see how much weight it adds to just add those anyways. Because the the time that colors really add up is when you have like, variants enabled. So if you have like background color with hover and focus, now it's Mm -hmm. like triple the amount, right? And it's more than that because it's like you have five breakpoints now, um, which is like actually six versions of the class because you have the one with no breakpoint. So if you have background color, you have say 60 colors, that's like 360 classes you've generated just to handle the responsive stuff. Then every Mm -hmm. time you add a variant, it... Doubles, right? So you add hover, now you're at 720 classes. You add focus, now you're at 1,440 classes. You add group hover, now you're at 2,880 classes, which is just it's madness. Oh, it's kids screaming and um,
0: post CSS is a given.
1: Oh, the purge CSS stuff, yeah. But again, I'm sorry, it's the dev tools performance that I'm that I'm worried about at this point. I, all I, right, all right. The That's ship valid. has sailed on like the development file size being big, but I do worry that eventually it's just like oh, you're like working in development and you want to pull it up on your phone to test how it works and then like your phone explodes because it can't parse the CSS, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, But what I was going to say is like the selected text stuff, I don't think you would really need focus or hover styles for that. If we just gave Uh, it to you for just, no, we just gave you the responsive ones and even then you probably don't even need the responsive ones, but we enable responsive for every single class. so It would be weird to not enable it.
0: Um, sure. It would also be weird to make it different on mobile, but I suppose.
1: I agree. Because it's I, actually,
0: does it even apply on mobile? Because usually you're just going to uh, get the OS level uh, highlighting tool.
1: Good question. You might, question. Not need
0: it. might not need it.
1: I agree you might not need it, but it feels weird to not be able to advertise. Well, you know what feels weird?
0: Yeah. Uh, negative margin left three quarters. Well, I uh, got rid of that. I
1: got rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> Negative gap eleven um, sixteenths. <laughs> That's yeah. the cover band. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I can still add those without it getting too crazy. I, I'm trying to figure out like what my internal budget. Yeah, I mean you is. you should
0: probably have uh, like a what do they call it? like a like a working working capital target. You should have like a working file size target, and you're gonna need to mm-hmm. uh, decide if you're gonna add something new. What yeah. do you cut for it?
1: With yeah. dark mode enabled, we're at four point nine five megs. Mm. so dark mode is that's the one that really like balloons things and almost like doubles things which you would expect because like you need two copies of all the css yeah it's it's kind of like um, really
0: early in the flow like the top down yeah waterfall exactly of if you're imagining yeah.
1: it's like a tree then yeah it's, it's, it's an entire alternate uh yeah, timeline it's the upside down you know like yes <laughs> um so that's why i think we're not going to enable it by default anyways because i'll probably never use it but it's cool to be able to advertise. Maybe we'll yeah, make a CDN sure. build of it just so that like if someone wants to hack around with it, they can. Nice thing about Tailwind Play though is it generates the CSS in the browser. So it never goes over the network. Um, so if you want to play yes. with it there, you can. So also pretty sweet. I love yeah. that, man. I love so it. So that's what I'm working on. I uh, I've got it to that size. I bet you if I added those like select text color things and CSS filters – those are like the two features remaining in my brain for like to have like everything what we would want. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be over five megs then, but I don't know. What can you do? It's tough. You well, we have to decide, is that your threshold? I know. Like part of me wants to just like make it smaller now. Like I, w- I've enabled group hover now by default for a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, do you use group hover a lot?
0: I I find myself using it more often, yeah. As I'm, as I'm applying less and less, mm-hmm. trying to apply less, and uh, yeah. So I do I do use it quite a bit now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm. And gonna I, I have enable. noticed. Yeah. I have
0: noticed that I have to go in and enable it a whole lot less often. Uh, like, I, you know, with with my style of design, I, I end up having to put that on some weird things. <laughs> like yeah. on, It's not sure. just like background color. It's yeah. like, a, you know, on like, I want to spin something. So it's like transitions. And, yeah. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah. Yep. Fair enough.
0: And then also, you have to consider that CSS is going to change and grow. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get yeah. bigger. Yeah.
1: I was considering adding aspect ratio utilities today to try and avoid another problem related. Like I wanted to add all those like fractional values to the padding scale because like, you know, for aspect ratio stuff, you're always doing like padding bottom 56.25% or whatever to get your like 16 by nine like video block. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But it felt dumb to have like, Padding bottom, 9 over 16, and padding right, 9 over 16, and padding left, 9 over... 6. Like, all, the only one I want is padding bottom. Like, let's all... We're not... Let's not kid ourselves. The only reason this even exists is so that we can embed YouTube videos responsively You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's yeah. basically all we're trying to do here. Or maybe we got some image and we want to have, like, a specific aspect ratio for it. So, it's considering adding, like, an aspect ratio utility that kind of, like, did the position relative, padding bottom... First child has like position absolute, height full, width full, and set zero, like all handled for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you could just like slap that on a parent. But the problem is like browsers are working on like a native aspect ratio feature. Um, And Yep, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, And it would work a little bit differently. Like you wouldn't need the child element the way that you do right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm debating if we just don't add it because – if we add it and then browsers ship it for real, and then ours is like, it's like still having a float-based grid in our CSS framework after like (laughs) CSS grid (laughs) comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's true. But that's like another
1: one that I might want to add. I might just do it as a plugin just so that it can be versioned separately so that like if when it comes native, we can add it to the browser or we can add it to core, but until it's native, we'll just like say, here's like a a plugin that adds it so that like we don't have to tag 10 and 3 just because chrome added aspect ratio or whatever
0: yeah i mean that's one of those things that you can you can push more things into plugins and and make them feel like first party solutions for getting those features Mm -hmm. and the more you do that the more you could probably start to you know keep the core file size down yeah and
1: um Or, or at least not bigger Right. It's never going the other way. Yeah. I need to. Tr- I need to set my target file size as three point one six megabytes, three sixteen, and that could be my my <laughs> permanent wrestling <laughs> joke. If I can just get Tailwind to be three sixteen. Uh, then, well, uh, I told
0: you like a couple episodes ago, StataMix, the entire package was 1.44 megabytes yeah. was my goal. Yeah, and exactly, that right? That's
1: great. Did you get it to be exactly that or just like under that was the goal?
0: It was 1.43 and I had to cut an icon. Like I had to like make one icon, like turn two into one yeah. in order to do it because it was back in like the ping yeah, days. That's and so, yeah, <laughs> then i can make like, like my
1: tailwind 316 shirts but instead of like the colon in between it would just be like the dot 3.16 to, yeah, then, like, exactly. MB. <laughs> with like a little mb <laughs> in the corner <laughs> i mean that'd be funny
0: it's for a half yeah. dozen people it i could be, sell
1: those ones without worrying about like the wwe lawsuit you know what i mean 100 yeah um, you'd be totally
0: fine on that one yeah yeah i like it
1: yeah all right well that's it. basically everything i got i'm gonna get a going here but uh yeah pretty excited about the stuff that we're doing we'll get to one two out in a couple couple weeks here I'm, I'm hoping to get a uh like not a release candidate probably because i don't want to promise that things aren't going to break more but definitely like a beta one or whatever out probably like probably like tomorrow or thursday nice because i want people to be able to play with it for a couple weeks and i also want the people on my team to have A version to like use for like the videos that they're making or for um you know any of the other like launch related uh supplementary stuff that we have to put together because it would suck to be not testing out our own version of the newest thing Um, (laughs) for sure yeah yeah so well hey i'm looking forward to
0: seeing all of it playing around with it and um and well i mean i've seen some stuff that maybe some people haven't so yeah, far, you've seen some secrets for I've sure. I've seen some secret secrets, and everything's mm-hmm.
1: pretty cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, good catching up. And uh, likewise, talk to you soon. That's
0: another episode in the bag.
1: Sure is.